In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Do you have a plan? A plan for what, (laughs) you ask? A plan for your values and your goals, your spiritual, professional, and and even your personal goals, goals, which is funny that I would ask because that's all we talk about in January. I know, but it, but you know why? Because it, like you said, it might be a topic that might seem overdone, but it is very yearly because January comes along yearly and we kind of go into that mode to think about, okay, what's my plan? What's my resolutions? What's my goals? And so it really is a topic of conversation. And you need to have that topic of conversation, especially with your friends and those, uh, your loved ones, because you can hopefully be held accountable. Well, in the busyness and activities of life, they easily can get us off track many times, and we don't even realize that we have kind of gone off course from where we once started the beginning of the year, and we end the year going in a different direction, and we don't even realize how we subtly moved a different direction. Well, speaking of getting off track, you are listening <laughs> to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. We'll also have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget, you can also follow us on our Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so later in our show today, we have our very special guest and girlfriend, Debbie Jones, who is the director of Bloom. And you're going to learn more about Debbie and more about the, the ministry of Bloom. But let's go back to our original question for today. Do you have a plan? Well, since we are all about encouraging and equipping women in their leadership, we could ask the question a little differently. Okay. What is your leadership plan? Because we all go, yeah, 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 I have a plan. But what is your leadership plan for your life, your organization, or your ministry? Well, you know, in talking about having a plan, you must first know what you are planning. That that kind of helps to have a beginning part. And this requires a lot of time of reflection, determine just really what matters to you. It just doesn't kind of, you know, happen out of a vacuum. You really need to take time to be still and go, really, what do I value? What matters? And then you know, after you've kind of determined some values or kind of, I like to say a direction yeah. for where you want to go, then you got to decide how determined are yeah. you? How highly motivated are you to make yes, this Yes, to happen. put this plan in place and to meet your objectives. Because if you're not highly motivated, if you're not highly determined, it's not going to happen. Don't, don't you find that the, <coughs> the ones that 
are just making the plan. It's almost like they're just stealing somebody else's plan and going, that sounds good. I'll make that one my own, but they Uh, have, I'll adopt that one. They're not highly motivated to make it happen at all. Exactly. Well, you know, you mentioned we're talking about having a plan and basically your leadership plan for your life, personally, ministry wise, organization wise. But um, just last week, my husband was leading um, the staff meeting at our church and he, it was really interesting because he got up there and he said, I am declaring this place, a positively charged zone. And, you know, because you hear about, we are always surrounded by, you have positive people and negative people, and you're very much aware of that sometimes, and you just kind of coast through. But he really took time to dissect, here's what a positive person looks like, and here's what a negative person looks like. Well, and that is a really good plan. In, In any, you know, we just said, you know, are you swapping somebody else's plan? That is actually a really good one to swap. If they, for your leadership plan in your ministry to start out with saying exactly that. To go, our team, I'm declaring mm-hmm. to you as a team, we are going to be a positively charged team this year. And you know, when you make a declaration like that and you declare it and you go, this is, and here's what this plan looks like, it helps everybody stay focused on the main goal. And then it even helps you. And as you, you know, you might not send a certain email because you go, I want to be a positively charged mm-hmm. person, and that that can be a little negative. It might change um, a post you put on Facebook going, yeah. really, is this something, is this being a little critical? Okay. Is this being a little negative? So it can really make you stop and think when you start declaring positive and negative. So let's, we just want to take a few moments and just kind of identify, because it was really helpful to even, because I think when we say a positive person, a negative person, you, we all can immediately think of a negative person, and we can immediately think of a positive person, but we also want us to look at ourselves and go, Am I tending to be a little more negative or a little more positive? And, and that's how such am a good I affect, Then how am I affecting yeah. the team I'm on? Because as soon as you talk about negative people, I think of negative people rather than looking at myself and go, okay, maybe this is something that you can raise the bar on yourself and mm-hmm. what your thoughts are and how negative you've been. Right. And going, am I impacting my my sphere of influence in a negative way because of a certain attitude or a certain, you know, something I'm doing and and stopping looking introspectively to go, where am I not being positive? Well, and if, if you, if you don't do that, you become a miserable person. The, the world gets small, smaller. You become really critical. You see this in, in people doing ministry because it's easy to go. I can't believe those people love Jesus and that's the way they're treating me. And it's, it can start spiraling those people, right? those people. <laughs> and, and we hear that they and those people, but we are going to say the they's right now because they dwell in the dark. Um, they, they dwell on their problems. They look at the obstacles rather than seeing it as, as a challenge. And, um, I know just personally in my own life, uh, yesterday, the man who murdered my mom, um, uh, died, he was on death row and waiting for, um, execution and literally t- till his death, you go, how in the world can someone be that bitter and that angry and uh, that evil, that evil. Mm -hmm. And, and you go, okay, so I just received uh, a letter saying that the courts, he had another court date in the Supreme court in February for, you know, his last appeal. And you go till his dying day, literally, he was still fighting his innocence and saying, I am not guilty because negative people, it's never their fault. Mm -hmm. It's an entitlement. They're going to point the finger at somebody else. And even his, 
his face, his, his demeanor, everything about him just screams, I am a bitter, angry man. And that really is who you become. If you have those thoughts and you let the enemy come into those thoughts, that is your plan without even mm-hmm. realizing it. Exactly. And that's a good point because sometimes you have a plan and you don't even realize it because it's a sub- subconscious plan that you're living out that is affecting people in such um, critical negative ways. But, you know, keeping with the, the little bit of, uh, of a negative person, um, negative people want to share their misery. They're so quick to share what is wrong, um, woe is me, and that victim mentality. They're always kind of in, the, in that place. Well, and they attract negative people. And that's where you have to really look at your plan, and especially in your, in your ministry, well, and even in your family, whatever you're, you're leading, but specifically in um, leading a ministry. Because since negative people attract negative people, you'll find that that's their common denominator, mm-hmm. and it's, it becomes divisive, and they start grouping up over here. It's almost mm-hmm. like they subliminally have a plan to take this ministry down just by their the, the negativity mm-hmm. because that's all they want to talk about is what everybody else is doing wrong and that becomes their common denominator and they start feeding off of each well, other. Well, and you find that disgruntled people find each other. Mm-hmm. They always find each other. They huddle together and then they love to, um, a lot of times they're very vocal with their complaints and they, and they seem to to, their voice seems to be the majority because they they scream the loudest, they talk the loudest, but it, they really are not the majority. But yet they they want to let you know how miserable and how disgruntled. And we've talked about this before, how so many times you can have two disgruntled people that really didn't like each other, but they find a common complaint right. and, they, and all of a sudden they're, they're glued together friends. and they're best friends. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, how did that happen? Well, their commonality was a something critical or negative that brought them together and all of a sudden they're positively charged in the negative. <laughs> and you, you become who you hang out with, just like you said, when you all of a sudden you have this common denominator. And um, they even have research that's been published. And it, it, uh, one of them was the fact that a person is 50% more likely to be a heavy drinker if a friend or relative is a heavy drinker. So basically... You hang out, just like it says in Proverbs, you hang out with fools, you become a fool. Even if it's, you know, something like becoming an alcoholic or being a heavy drinker, they even um, studies show that even with obesity, you hang out with someone who loves that, that's their behavior, you end up kind of, you know, taking on that behavior. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to hang out with skinny people. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you said this earlier, but this is a big one. Negative people, they really do blame others for their problems, and it's never themselves. And you see a lot of characters, we're going to get off of this, but a lot of negative people are fearful. They're ungrateful. That's a huge Mm -hmm. thing about ungrateful people. And they're quickly forgotten because you don't really remember in the end and because they really don't make a difference anywhere. They're just kind of spewing venom a little Mm -hmm. bit, and they don't really, they're not a part of a solution Mm -hmm. to anything. And so you don't really remember them too much. So, so getting off of negative of having let's a plan. Let's go positive. <laughs> we'll go positive. Let's declare this a positively charged radio show this day. <laughs> but let's remember that the plan is double check yourself to make sure you're not getting negative and make sure you're running from, from those negative people if you're not being a positive influence on them. Okay. Well, in just a couple of minutes that we have left, positive people, they're happy people to be around. They believe 
that things are possible and they'll find a way to make it happen. They just won't settle for, no, it can't be done. They're and- infectious. They, they literally, you, you, it's contagious to be around them because they, they're usually very passionate. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing to have a part of your plan. What are you passionate about? What is infectious in you? What do you, when you're around people, are you inspiring them as well as wanting to, you know, be inspired, but you're also inspiring others? Well, and you're, we're drawn to them. They attract positive people, attract other people. And this is a good thing to know because we've even, um, in, in some circles, when you travel, you know, circles or teams or ministries, kind of take inventory. How many negative people are on board and how many positive people? And are we tending to allow the negative people to dominate the uh, kind of the pulse of the yes. group? And are, are we allowing the positive people? So it's kind of take an inventory of just those that you're surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with um, in professionally or personally. And what do you need to do to change some of that? Okay. It's funny because we only have a minute left. So we're talking faster and faster and faster, but we just want to end this uh, segment before we go into a commercial break with back to what is your plan? You have to have one. It needs to be specific and it needs to be claimed. You have to be determined with it. Don't be vague and make sure you're writing it down. Because if you keep, if you write it down, it's, it's point of mind. It's right there in front of you and you're easier to stay the course and knock it off. And then you can, and, and the other thing I would say is share it with somebody for accountability. Share it with a girlfriend and say, here's what I'm trying to do. Can you help me stick to my plan and let me know? And uh, to really be that positive influence. While you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio, we have a positively charged radio show for you today and we can't wait for you to stay with us and hear more. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show this day and our conversation about determining and knowing your plan. We mentioned earlier that the direction we are taking this conversation about having a plan is directed towards developing a leadership plan for your life, your organization, or your ministry, or all three. Well, and talking about this, um, we want to, let's focus for a moment on your personal leadership plan. Because last week, our guest, Glenna Salisbury, um, she was sharing some some just some ideas with us. One of the things she said was identifying five words that represent your personal values in your life. And then she shared her five words that she kind of operates from. And she said, once you identify these words, you need to ask yourself, am I living my life congruent to my values? And we, gosh, Penny, we know so many women who are living with some, they're doing what somebody else has told them Mm -hmm. they would be good at. And they're not doing really what is their heartbeat or how they were wired. And as a result, when you're living somebody else's life, you're, you're not a happy person. You, it, it doesn't, you tend you see more depression that way because you're not living out your values and, and how you were, you were truly wired. Well, and you're not staying focused. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of every day, if you don't really have that passion and that purpose, you just kind of go through your day going, you know, your biggest goal is what am I going to have for breakfast? Exactly. <laughs> and that is a pretty good goal. Well, it takes determination and planning to live to your values. And since Glenna, you know, shared her five words, we both have kind of gone and gone, okay, what are my five words to really be intentional with planning and living your life? So I'm going to ask you first. I'm going to have you go first. I get to to go first. Yeah. Have you thought about your five words? Well, um, my first word is is Christ. I love in Philippians how um, Paul is basically going through that to to live is Christ, but to die is gain, and to just have that be the core of of who you are. Because you know I'm so (laughs) (laughs) Christ-like. It's not good when you laugh at that. Um, But yes, definitely Christ. Um, My second word is, is love. To truly, and you know, that seems so basic. But um, I've really, if, I feel like God is just laying it on my heart to not be so judgmental. Love as in be the best wife, the best mom, the best friend. I mean, truly have love. I like the emphasis on being the best friend. Right? <laughs> <laughs> love coming out your and, and love the unloved. I, I really struggle with that, I think, is is loving the, the unloved. Um, my, my third word is adventure. And um, it's, it's really hard to not make this my most significant word. Cause you know how much I just, I love fun. I'm drawn to fun. I'm drawn mm-hmm. to the adventure kayaking. You know, we just went to the dunes this weekend, riding quads, doing all that. And, um, so to, to find, I like to, I like to work hard, but I also like to play hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel that my life goes so far in those, those first three. Um, my, my fourth word is I love to lead. And I don't know, I have to balance that because I don't know if it's because I like control mm-hmm. so much. So mm-hmm. you know how sometimes your strongest words are also your weakest. Mm-hmm. So I love leading, but that might be because you love controlling. And um, I think, am I going on more than my five words? No. In- influence. Uh, yeah, you have just- six words, which is so <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to put. <laughs> I'm going to come up with my five, but I'm going to share six. My influence, because I really like making a difference. And I'm going to use I'm going to make you combine leading and influence be the same, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Leading is, but I, I had to struggle with it because the leading was more of control might be a word. 
All right. And so I, that's why I had to like separate them. So I'm going to combine, um, influence with leading. And then my last word will be inspiration. I really enjoy inspiring others. I like being inspired, but I also like inspiring. And you are good at that. So, okay. I'll let you kind of have your six ish five words there. Okay. (laughs) So what are your five? Well, my five, and you know what I'm saying, I'm declaring these five this day. I might change them, but these are really the core, the (laughs) essence of them. So it could change. And I have five, but mine, the first one would be faith, which for you was Christ, but mine is my faith and just living out my faith and, and all things is my faith coming through. And that really is a priority. And the other one would be family and just, you know, that, those that God has put into my life and, mm-hmm. and, and that can even be extended family, yeah. you know, as, um, in, in, in the church and just people outside that you just bring into, but really the family, the re- and that's kind of the relationship mm-hmm. part, which I love, you know, I'm so relationally driven. Um, my third word would be encouragement, which kind of goes with your inspiration. Love, love, love to encourage people, love to help others see that there's more in them than they can see. Because uh-huh. I wish I would have had that early in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Even somebody saying, you know what, have you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. Or I see this in you just to have that encouragement. You from do somebody. that daily to people. Too. Well, I see I, I'm doing. passionate about that because mm-hmm. I wish I would have had somebody outside. Yeah. I mean, my mom always did that, but it's like, you wish you had somebody outside that you felt was more objective. Yeah. about you, um, just to encourage you. And so I'm passionate about encouraging people and drawing that out and go, you can, you know, with, through Christ do all things. Um, and my fourth word would be experience. Um, and you know, I, I, I had a hard time with this because you, like you said, yours is fun. I love fun. I love travel. I love the adventure, all that, but it's like, really, it's about creating those experiences. Yeah, that's totally a word. Cause even having coffee, you have to create an experience. I have to it. create you an experience with it. Yes. <laughs> and we've shared this before, but when we, we travel so much together and when we go into the hotel room, I'm like, you know, get it done. Like get your stuff, you, you put your, you know, stuff on the bed, you know, throw it in the closet or whatever. And I look over there and you are creating your whole ambiance. You have like the Swiss chalet going, you have, you know, you'll pull your candles out, your bed and bath body lotions and potions or whatever. I have my reading corner. I have it. It just has to the light, feel the lighting, the ambiance. I have to, to feel it. Yes. yes. And so it's only about the experience. And when I do anything, I want people to really experience it, to feel it. So, but that includes traveling. And I like new experiences. Yes. I like a new conversation with somebody I would never, you know, a different point of view. I like to travel to a new place. I'm going to Israel next week. I love, I just love that all of that, taking that all in and learning something new. So yes. learning was a word I would think about too, but learning can be part of my experience. I, I learned you do through my experiences. You're almost like a historian. Like you love, I love history. Yeah. So yeah, but if that would, I, I, my experience. And then my fifth word, which is, um, I think was more your word. I don't know. Significant. Significant is my word is significance. Yeah, I've always I, been I driven by, sig- yeah, I know <laughs> I'm looking at yours my- going, Oh, that was my word. Significant. <laughs> Mine was always silly and yours is always. Significant. Yes. And I, I just want to know, and it goes back to, I want to know that I matter. Yes. I want to know that my life counted for something that it was significant. Mm-hmm. And I want other people to know that their life is significant, mm-hmm. that they have something to offer. So that would be, those would be my five words. And I, but I got to tell you something, because when we talked about, um, we talked earlier about a book that impacted um, my husband and I called Unstuff Your Life, about going through and just really organizing, you know, physically organizing your your environment, whether it's your workspace, your home, whatever. And we've done this massive transformation in our home. Not that it was bad, but it's like you still hold on to stuff right. that you don't realize you have. It's what's in the cabinet. Yeah, that you've tucked away very nice and neatly, and you don't even see it all because it's behind closed doors. So we literally have gone through everything in our house, and we read this book, Unstuff Your Life, and he talks about how you have to touch everything. And, you know, I am such a sentimental sap, and 
you know, when my mom died several years ago, I, I inherited a lot of stuff and I realized I have an a, emotional attachment to yeah. a lot of this stuff. I don't need it, but I don't know why I hold on to it. So I have to have this conversation with myself. But anyway, part of my problem is I don't know how to organize my stuff. Yeah. I either get rid of it or whatever, but when I, the stuff I keep, how do I organize it? I got to tell you doing these five words Helps has it. really helped me because I have created bends for those words. Like I now have an experience bend. So then I put like things when I travel that I want to keep or a different experience. I put on my label and folders, whatever. And that's in my experience bin mm-hmm. or my family bin. Mm-hmm. So now it helps me identify and go to find, you know, how many if times, I value this. Then yes, I'm- if I value this, then this thing is like a subcategory of this value of mine. Mm-hmm. So it's even helped me and just organizing physically, knowing what my values are. Right. You know, it's funny being a part of your plan is also to know exactly that. What do I value? What do I not value? Who am I? Who am I not? All goes into being part of the plan. You were saying when you were going through this in uh, decluttering and unstuffing that Cal finally said to you, okay, I figured (laughs) it out. You cannot organized by yourself. And so he kind of watched over you and helped you. And I think that is a huge plan because so many times it's like, okay, I'm determined to make that happen, but I don't know how to. Yes. So it's good. I love that story because it's good to put other, that's why holding yourself accountable and letting people know. And if they see that you're not doing it, if that was one of your values was to get organized and that was part of your plan and it's not happening to go, all right, how can I help you get organized? And that's basically what he did. I'm going to stand here until you organize this. Well, what was funny is he said, okay, I don't mean to be disrespectful and I don't mean to be critical, but I have realized something after, you know, all these years of marriage, you really can't think organizationally. And I go, you know what? That is the most freeing thing you've said to me (laughs) because now I know that you get it and that you're going to help me with this because I can walk into a room, uh, whether it's a closet or a room and it overwhelms me because I don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't. Right. Or it'll take me a month even at that. So like you said, I'm determined, but I don't know how. Right. So if you know that, then <clears> you have someone to, to, to help you. And, you know, for you, you like to process it out loud. So if you don't <laughs> have someone to process with, I think, is one of the things. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. My talking to myself in my head isn't going to give me a solution or an answer, but if I t- say it out loud, then that's going to help me decide on what to do with this item. Yes. And that's significant to know who you are, who you're not, to know if, how determined you are if you need help. Yeah, exactly. And realizing I need help with this. Who Who is good at this in my life that can come alongside me and help me with that? And that's what we, I mean, that's, it truly goes back to the girlfriend way. We complete each other. We don't compete with each mm-hmm. other and going, okay, this might not be a strength, but I love doing that. How can I help you with that? And this is not a strength, but it is a strength for you. Can you come alongside me and help me? And that's what you see in healthy teams where they really do bring their strengths and weaknesses together and complement each other and that. And having a plan of how to use that, how to use everybody's strength without getting offended. Yeah. And it might be even, I know we talked about writing it down, but writing down some of those specifics. I mean, just throwing it out there. I, one of my goals, not not part of my plan of my values, but um, was, uh, to resolution was eat less sugar. And then within the first week of January, I had already gone and bought two cartons of Ben and Jerry's. So, you know, if you write it down, you might be able to have a specific goal, like, you know, within the next three days, Yes. Don't eat sugar. Maybe yes. on the fourth day you can eat a little bit of sugar or just ha- have some specific. Don't be so vague. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, as we, we, we kind of conclude this segment, we just want to 
challenge you to think about really what matters to you and what are your values and how do you want to be known at the end of the day? Do you want to be known as a positive or negative person or, or somebody that really is making a difference and are encouraging others or inspiring others? And are you putting some things into place to help you live and move in that direction? So basically, do you have a plan? And, and it goes back to on our postcard this week, we said, how determined are mm-hmm. you in your plan? Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. How determined are you? And, you know, we sat in a, somebody in a group said, if you're not a nine or a 10 in your termination, you're not ready. Mm. So we want to challenge you. How determined are you to, to move that direction of your plan? You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. When we come back, we'll be talking with our special girlfriend, Debbie Jones from Stadia. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready for Smart Health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our conversation today about having a holy plan. And we're not talking just about organizing your physical environment, but how are you living out your life in such a way as to honor what you value? And one of our plans, um, Patty, for 2013 is to continue to encourage women 
through relationships and through resources. And as a result of our plan and being determined, our, and holy, planning, plan. our holy plan, we are partnering, in which we are so excited about, partnering with a significant ministry that ministers to wives of church planners. And we share the same heartbeat with them, that just encouragement and just desire to just encourage each other to be all that we can be for Christ. But my husband and I have personally been connected to this organization, this ministry over the years, and are watching them continually grow and do amazing things for the kingdom and for people. The organization is Stadia. And Stadia is all about bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through Christ and through church planting. Um, and I like their tagline. It's 7 billion reasons. That is amazing. I, I, I said to you this morning, oh, that is a genius yeah. tagline. 7, seven billion, billion reasons. reasons because there's 7 billion people on our planet. And it really goes to show the heart of, the, of this organization that really cares about people. Well, a thriving ministry of Stadia is called Bloom. And Bloom provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners' spouses so that they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. And so many times in ministries, it's more about the the pastor, and the wife kind of gets off to the side. And she's such a significant part to the ministry. And I love how Bloom is so intentional in Stadia with how can we encourage Mm -hmm. the pastor's wife, because happy wife, happy life. It's brilliant, because truly, I I don't think people even understand how significant that spouse is and how much they pour into it and they give their heart and soul and they they build up the leaders. It's funny because when we see really strong leaders, it's usually because they're married to a really strong spouse that is also a leader. Exactly. So encouragement is everything. Well, our guest today is Debbie Jones, who is the director of spouse and family support for Stadia. And she is passionate for the spouses of church planners. And she has taken the charge and the lead with this ministry called Bloom. And it's it's been fun for me just in, in, in the past couple of years just to watch how this thing has expanded and grown. And just to see Debbie's heartbeat. And I got to tell you, Debbie is a girlfriend who is crazy, and I mean, she really is crazy, and I can tell you stories. And she sounds fun, but I'm she's all over that. crazy good. It's crazy good, and I'm sitting next to a crazy person, so I have some crazies surrounding me today, but we are so excited for our listeners to meet our girlfriend, and we know that you're going to fall in love with her and enjoy her as much as we do, so welcome, Debbie, to Girlfriend at Radio. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love being around crazy girlfriends. This is the <laughs> It's, we, we need more crazy in the in the church planning. <laughs> well, you have to be a little crazy to go into church planning, don't you? <laughs> I, I think you do. You know, there was a, a time. I think it was Erwin McManus talked about in his um, in one of his books that they really needed for you know people that are going going out and doing church plants and missionaries that they need to see um, a, a counselor or a psychologist because it's so hard and it can be highly discouraging. And he I, he said what are you guys thinking? We can't let these people go to a psychologist. We want them to be crazy. We want them to, to move forward on that level. And, and I love that. It's like, you have to be a little bit crazy. That's what makes it fun. Sure. <laughs> okay. We're going to jump in because we want, we really want our listeners and people to really understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. So can you just kind of explain why Bloom, the ministry of Bloom is such a heartbeat for you personally? Sure. Um, Well, Tom and I have been married for about 35 years, and we started two churches. And so um, several, several years ago, when I was going to start a church, uh, I realized some of the challenges and special kind of um, 
needs that would arise just from the being called to a community where you didn't have a support group, where you were moving across country, you were losing your support system, you were uh, kind of felt like you were all alone, but yet the workload was intense. It was so intense to try to actually get this church launched. And so um, in 2005, um, I was asked to join Stadia um, as the director of spouse and family care. And so I kind of had this passion always because I had lived it. I'd been there. And so I sat around. I I brought a group of ladies together that were – pastor's wives, and uh, they were spouses, and they were right in the trenches doing what I had also done years ago. And so we talked about the needs, the challenges, and all of that, and we came up with, um, you know, what are the specific ways that we could offer support and help and inspiration. And so we put together a plan. You've talked about plans, and we put together a plan. And uh, out of that plan, uh, today I have about 150 spouses that are involved in this ministry. So it is amazing how God has, from a very grassroots uh, beginning, uh, has brought this ministry with lots of leadership. And uh, we created it. I think I mentioned to you, Lisa, the thing that I thought was most unique about this ministry is it really was a ministry by our spouses and not for our spouses. So there was immediate buy-in from day one. Okay. And, and you, you kind of got ahead of me because I was going to talk about that later because I love that distinction just with those two words, by and for. And so many times it is just as simple as languaging something mm-hmm. differently to position it in people's heads. Mm-hmm. But explain to people what you mean by it is by and not for. Because that it sounds so simple, but it is very profound. Okay. Um, well, when the ministry began and it continues to grow, I mean, we have like um, – Five on a leadership team, and we have 12 key leaders. I've got over 30 women leading in some type of capacity. So that ministry, when women are stepping up to lead, so it's by them. It's not me or someone else dictating, this is what we're going to do for you. This is women that are actually, um, or spouses, I should say, in the ministry that are actually doing things, and they realize that God is calling them to lead a certain area. For instance, we might have a ministry of, um, you know, encouragement, which we call our blessings ministry, or a ministry of prayer. So our prayer team is, is someone that God raises up a leader that takes that ministry and runs with it. So it's not me dictating, okay, this is, this is exactly what we're going to do. It's very fluid where the leaders God raises up and puts something on their heart to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that is such a, a great distinction and really is giving others ownership of the ministry because it creates a lot of what there's a lot of creativity out there that we don't even tap to as leaders because we don't invite it in we don't give other people a chance to use their creativity and when you see it you know so driven from the top down it does disengage people and they don't feel like it, it really is their ministry and you have really created this ministry where these women really do believe it's their ministry and that is that is very significant which is one of my words so i love i love that it's very it's very significant with that but how did you how did you arrive at that point had you have you seen other ministries been a part of things where you go okay so much of learning is learning what not to do as well as learning what to do um have you been involved in situations where you've just you know or just observed others where it hasn't been it hasn't been led that way Sure. Well, I just, I think it's 
some of my personality and uh, some of my giftedness and passion is that I um, I really have a passion that I want to have in a sense a leadership team that helps me develop ideas and not just you know when you think of one person creating God can use so much more when he has five or six people creating instead of just one person creating and so um, I've always had um, our ministry is very unique in that it's it's a love and a support um, like right now I have um, many of the ladies within bloom praying for uh, for me right now as I'm on the show I just send out say hey help me out here pray for me and so it is a very fluid ministry that we love and support each other and it's a safe place so I wanted to create a place that we could really be open and honest and not um, just something that's just like this is the program we're going to do Mm -hmm. Um, it's very relational driven I think that's probably the key for by and rather than for uh, when you're in a relationship you're you're having a, a back and forth talk you're saying what do you think and what do you need and there's dialogue mm-hmm. and so from the very beginning I kind of put some steps together I, I prayed about it I, I went out and found a few key leaders that I thought had that certain gift sets and that I knew had a heart and a passion and um, and then we created a vision kind of got a clear vision of what we wanted to see happen what could be and uh, then we put together some steps to kind of flesh it out and uh, kind of started then saying okay how can we develop put legs on these dreams that we're feeling God calling us to and uh, and that was a model that I think that we had created in our own church plant that we had started, and I just brought it over to Bloom. Well, in talking about the model, and it, for so many of our listeners that really they, they struggle on doing this by themselves, we have so many um, women directors that uh, it, it's hard to put teams together. And two of the things in your in your model that I, I love is the fact that you're doing it as a team. Because you're right, it's better than one. And I, and I do think that that's been that's a movement. Is is God is saying, let's get together and truly be the body of Christ and do this thing together. Because in the past, not only do you have the burnout of someone trying to do it all by themselves, um, but you're like you said, you're not getting all the creative ideas, and you're not there holding each other accountable, accountable, and and being um, supportive. But your other the other part of your model is being in a safe place. Because I think. Special Especially in ministry, if you don't have that place where you can be real, authentic, you know, take off those masks and mm-hmm. be able to go, I am struggling here. I, that's how we grow. And that sometimes it, it's just simply about the team, about their growth. And, you know, God uses it all. It, it, but um, we have seen that so often where teams walk away going, I thought I was going to have this great impact for the kingdom. And I realized God grew me more than, <laughs> he, you know, more than who they thought that they were partnering with, which you know that God grew them as well. But I, I think that's so neat, Deb, for our listeners to hear that in your model and your plan. Well, and Deb, we have less than a minute, but just a thing, just to tag on to that safe place, is so, so many times for women, knowing that we have a safe place, we just want to be able to just be heard and just to vent and go, you don't need to fix it. I just know 
I just need to know I have a place where I can just share my heartbeat, share my challenges and my struggles. And I have other women that go, me too. And that, like you said, then you have the prayer team that are praying for me, that are truly lifting me up, that have my back, that really do care. So it is very significant that you have created that safe place for your team. Because what those women do as church planning wives is, is very significant because they have a lot of influence over their husband and the ministry. And that's what we want to talk about when we come back is influence and using your influence, which we know is a passion for you. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with our special guest, Debbie Jones. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we have been talking this day about having a leadership plan, just personally, professionally, ministry-wise for your organization. That was a hard one to say. I need to have a plan for my speech. Um, 
And our special guest we've been talking to is Debbie Jones, who is just such a special girlfriend of ours. And she leads and uses her influence in such a positive way with the ministry called Bloom. And Bloom, again, it provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planters' spouses so that they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. And Debbie, I understand that you're going to be speaking at a workshop this year at the Exponential Conference, which is a very large gathering for church planters that I think is held in Florida each year. So kudos to you for that. And before we get too far into the segment, we want to give a shout out to our girlfriends at Bloom. We know that you have all your girlfriends and and there that are ours that we just haven't met that are listening and someday we'll get to meet them. But a shout out to them and for all that you do. And we appreciate you and just want to be here to encourage you too. And um, just thank you for being in the journey. And anyway, we're pretending that all of our girlfriends at Bloom and Debbie are sitting on the table with us. We all have a, a cup of our favorite caffeinated beverage in hand. So there we go. Um, okay, Debbie, so how can our listeners find um, find you and learn more about your heartbeat and your ministry? Where would you send them? Well, they can call me. Believe it or not, I know that sounds crazy, but I do accept calls. I know a lot of people don't. They say you can't get to it, but you can just call me. And I can send a number. Uh, they can email me, uh, djones at stadia.cc. And, okay. uh, and that's another one. And, or uh, uh, they can look on the Stadia website. Uh, okay, perfect. And we will also have that on our website as as well. And so they can just email you, and from there they can uh, get your phone number and call you. And that's great that you're so accessible. Um, you know, over the break, Deb, we were talking about how creating these teams, and and you said, well, selfishly, I just I just wanted to create them to have fun. So, um, so many times we do, we think that we go, okay, that's a selfish thing because we want to have fun while we're doing ministry. And yet, what better way for women to want what we're having when they see this group of women that are having mm-hmm. fun? So, so many times we think, okay, if you're going to go spiritual, you're going to go reverent and you have to be so serious about yes, it. Yes, yeah. There's there's no giggles allowed. So I, I love that. Let's go back to that when when you were thinking about that. How come you didn't do this by yourself? <laughs> well, you know what, I to be honest with you, I am a passionate driven person and um I just love I love to see that we're making a difference and, and offering support. Like, Lisa, you mentioned one of your words was um, kind of like encouraging people. I think I have that gift, too. I love to encourage other spouses to be like great leaders or to reach a potential that they feel like, oh, I didn't know if I could do that, and, and we provide tools for them to do that. I love to see that. But when I first began, honestly, I also am such a people person. I'm just like so many of, of our leaders. I love people, and I loved being around other spouses that had that same passion and desire to love the Lord and serve Him. And so I just love to have fun. And I love laughter. I think that um, it's, it, I believe that church planning for me, although there were many times that were difficult and challenging times, it was the greatest thing I ever did. And it was a blast. And it continues to be a blast. So I wanted to have fun, and I just wanted to do it with other people. You know, for me, doing ministry all alone uh, not only was very limiting to what we could accomplish, but it was also so much more in uh, rewarding and fun and just having a blast on a journey with other girlfriends. And so for me, that was a key part in uh, kind of discipling and knowing that the way to build leadership 
was to not do it alone. You know, God empowered people. That's the model. He, he empowered a team. So I wanted to empower a team and walk along beside with them and say, okay, we're on the journey together. That's really kind of where it came from. Well, and, and like you said, to have fun, there so much research now is putting the teams together saying if you're playing together, if you're, you know, enjoying life and having a blast, that is the highest connection. And I know even in the corporate world, they, they're paying significant amount of dollars to put these, um, these training uh, segments together just on team building. And as simple as, as doing uh, Tinker Toys to Legos to, to try to get um, these teams to have fun together because then they can work better together. I know my husband works for a German company and they, the last activity they just did, they did the, you know, the beach, um, you know, whatever the, what is the, with the lobster and all that at the beach. And then the next one they did the bowling and then they, um, cook together. They had a whole cooking experience and we need to look at that because you, you think of how Jesus did with his disciples and they're fishing together. You can just picture him out there, you know, cutting the fish up and having a blast. Sitting around a bonfire. Just laughing hysterically. <clears throat> and so many times we forget that, that, you really need to have fun together, and that is such a neat, common, um, just even a relief to, to help you not be discouraged is laughing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Christ, you know, that for me, he, he really invests into life. So if people want to be a part of each other's lives, I feel like we have to, we celebrate, we're in laughter, we're in tough times and good times. And I think for me, that's the beauty of Bloom, is that we really do share life. Um, we share all of it. We share we laugh. Uh, we have a Facebook page that we have for Bloom that um, I have about 90-plus ladies on there, and we post fun things and serious prayer needs and questions, and we're just sharing life, you know, as we go through life. And that, to me, is, is what I want my leaders to do. I want them to share life into the people under them, you know. It's about relationships, really. Well, and so much of our culture has, has created barriers and and isolation modes, and like you know, we were talking earlier out, even out west here, we have block wall fences around our yards. We have garages with garage doors, so you can literally drive home, pull into your garage, and never see your neighbor, never make those connections. So our lives are becoming more isolated, just as just because of the nature of our environments. And so we really have to work hard at those relationships, and especially like with with what you're doing in church planning wise, they are spread out all over the country, and it's easy to get off. And I I remember the days when we were at a, a, a smaller church in a in a little town, and just you do feel isolated, you feel disconnected from other people. And we were so craving. Uh, my husband and I just would come up to the big city to be with other pastors and their mm-hmm. wives, just mm-hmm. to have that connection to go to just not feel alone and feel like you belong. And so that's what the beauty of what. Stadia and Bloom and what you are so passionate about providing to these women to go, you are not alone out there. You are a part of something bigger. You belong and you matter. And we we really do have to work hard in making relationships and friendships happen because the nature of life pulls us apart. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. And- and just having fun. But you want, okay, another thing I want to talk about, you had talked earlier about, I know you're speaking, your workshop is just encouraging women to use their influence. And how many times have we talked to women that go, I am not a leader, yeah. I don't have any influence, and they immediately default to that, but everybody has influence. I want to shake them when mm-hmm. they really see themselves that way. 
that, okay, you have tapped in to the most incredible power, Ephesians 3.20, that you can possibly, you know, you can't even dream or imagine, and you're standing here saying, but I'm not a leader, or I, I don't know who I influence. And, yeah, so after I slap them, then we talk about... <laughs> <laughs> How much of a she they slaps are. them in a very fun way. They giggle. Okay, so yeah, I agree. I think God created every. He gave every single person an influence. You have an influence with you some circle of people, whether it's your family, your church, uh, in a broader. You know, some people have a gift to uh, communicate the influence, maybe in a broader spectrum. But everybody has influence. And what I am so passionate about is helping spouses raise up that uh, that um, level of leadership so that they are they see their level of influence they feel comfortable they have tools you know we're just we are just sold out to to making us the best we can be and so many times spouses you know on, on a ministry team or in church planning they are not given you know the, the Many people get to go to conferences and everything, but our spouses sometimes are not able to do that. And we are sold out to providing that support and encouragement for them to say, hey, what are you passionate about? What did God gift you for? You know, where can you use that in your sphere of influence so that, you know, you can reach people for Christ for those 7 billion people that are out there, you know? Well, I was just going to say, we only have a, a couple minutes left before the end of the, the show, but to, for some more tips of how we can encourage some of the listeners out there to see that the, they do have influence and what they can be doing. And just like you said, for spouses, I think it's so important, as we talked about early, earlier today, the negative versus the positive. It's really easy as a spouse to feel isolated mm -hmm. and like you are in a fishbowl and everybody's looking at what you're doing and you have a tendency to maybe take it out on your spouse. Like you said, Deb, they're out there, they're getting to go to the conferences, they're, they might be out there with the people a little bit more. So it's easy to get discouraged and you might take it out on your loved one by kind of having a pity party. Um, so what would you say just to encourage some of our listeners that are, are dealing with uh, not feeling like they have influence or that they are leading anyone? Well, I would just encourage them to say, listen, God put something deep and very special and just unique in each person. I really believe that. And so, you know, getting connected, like for us, we have this group called Bloom where there's, there's, a, there's an avenue for us to you know, raise that up in each other, and there's systems in place for us to do that, and uh, resources. But if you're not, there are so many websites and so many groups that you can learn from and grow, and uh, and have some accountability. Have a have another girlfriend help come alongside you that says this is what you're good at. And and for me, asking these two questions is really important. Um, our president Greg Nettle and another man Alex Eplon wrote a book called Disciples Who Make Disciples. And he said, uh, what's Jesus saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? So I'd say, what is Jesus saying to you? What are you good at? And then what are you going to do about it? You know, how are you going to use it? And so those two questions have kind of stuck in my mind recently. And when I read that and I thought, I've kind of used those two questions everywhere I go to say, okay, what's he saying to me as a leader? What's he saying to me as a mother? What's he saying to me as a staff member? And what am I going to do about it? You know, mm. and uh, and enjoy the journey. I mean, I think that Christ really wants us to just love what mm -hmm. He's called us to do. He yeah. didn't call us, and so just be passionate and love it. 
just go for it, you know, and love it. Oh, and we, you know, with that, that is a great word, passionate and loving. And we're going to have to end our show and our time. Thank you, Debbie, for being with us. We just want to encourage all of you to go out and live your values and embrace and enjoy the journey. Talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.